Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast, Above and Beyond. We've all heard the phrase, you only get one chance to make a first impression. So in the professional world, what is the first impression? It's your resume. You could almost think of your resume as a passport for changing careers. It announces who you are, what you've done, and gets you in front of the decision makers. This little piece of paper can bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to go. So of course, composing this document can be somewhat daunting. You want to make sure it's absolutely perfect and able to make a strong first impression. Now, Cameron Brooks is a professional services firm and resume writing and consultancy falls underneath the term services. It's actually one of the key steps before attending a conference. Cue our head resume writing consultant, Danielle Granville, or as some has lovingly referred to her as the master of grammatical Sudoku. (laughs) Danielle joined the Cameron Brooks team in 1998 and has been working on both the client company side of the business, as well as the recruiting side prior to shifting into her current role as the head resume consultant. She knows both worlds well, and this really gives her an edge in helping our candidates craft their perfect resume. So Danielle, Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you, Hope. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. We, you know, we would love for our listeners to hear more about you and your experience within Cameron Brooks, maybe how you came to be the head resume writing consultant, uh, the resume process. And then, you know, of course, we'd love to hear a little bit about why you love, you know, working with our candidates to craft their perfect resumes. So I'll let you dive in there. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, my journey actually started with Cameron Brooks in high school. I remember vividly sitting in our high school auditorium when Renee Brooks and Roger Cameron and some of the other members of the Cameron Brooks team came to present on a book that Roger Cameron had written, and it was called Your Fast Track Starts in College. Long story short, uh, I really became a student of this book for the rest of my high school career and during college. And after I graduated from Texas A&M University in 1998, (laughs) (laughs) joining- Both Aggies here. Yes, absolutely, proud Aggies. Uh, But after I graduated, really coming to Cameron Brooks just seemed like a natural next step in my career. And, And so that's where it all started. And when I first started, I was initially working with a follow-up team. Uh, That's a team that works with candidates after conference, um, much more on the client side of the house. And then I progressed to working more closely with military officers on the recruiting side. And the, the years I spent doing this really gave me a unique perspective, both of what companies are looking for, along with having that insight into understanding military backgrounds. I've, I've never been in the military, but I feel like I know more about the military than I than I ever thought possible. Right. So <laughs> anyway, fast forward several years, and in 2009, I was tapped to work on resumes, and, and really the, the rest is history. I don't want to think about how many hundreds of resumes <laughs> we've worked on since then. So many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> and, and since that time, the process has, has truly evolved. Um, it's become much more of a consultative, interactive process we have today. Uh, we're in close touch with client companies, and as as things change in the business world, the the, the format's evolving a bit, mm-hmm. and and always trying to make sure that we're bringing value to them. So, 
Uh, you asked what I love most, and, and uh, I, I am a proclaimed grammar nerd, uh, uh-huh. for sure. <laughs> so I do love the grammatical side of things, but, but true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but what I, I really love most about working on resumes is, is working very closely with people uh, to figure out what makes them unique, uh, how to, and and how to best convey that to companies on paper. It's mm-hmm. it's a unique challenge, being able to convey a military background when you're talking about being on a rifle range with corporate America. So, yeah, uh, and you know the the best part I think is that every single resume is different. Everyone is unique. It's a unique challenge. It's like a puzzle. And so that's the fun part. It's like a challenge. It's a it's fun just to dive in and and try to figure that out. What's best going to serve each individual candidate? Yeah, I love that, and I think that's so true. Uh, so I actually am Danielle's assistant. I'm the assistant resume writing consultant, and I will say no resume is the same. Everyone is so different. So it's definitely always a challenge for the both of us. Um, and just really interesting. So I love that, you know, the, you in particular are able to take someone's experience and say, Hey, let's, let's kind of brag about you a little bit. Let's put this on paper and <laughs> get your accomplishments written down. Um, okay. Well, so I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your background and what you love most about what you do. Um, definitely the Cameron Brooks resume writing process is a tad unique just to us as a, as a JMO recruiting firm. Um, so I think before we dive into more of the meat of the podcast here, uh, we're going to talk about the top five mistakes that we see in resume writing often. Um, wanted to give our listeners a little bit of a background Um of knowledge of the process for with uh, the resume writing process and Cameron Brooks. So if you wouldn't mind giving sure. our listeners an overview, Danielle. Absolutely. Pretty much a 30,000 foot view of it. But the, when we start the, and I think I mentioned this, the, the purpose and goal of the whole Cameron Brooks resume process is to convey the value and scope of military experience in a way that civilians can understand it and and really wrap their brains around the value of of what officers can potentially bring to their company. Uh, Sometimes it's more of an ABC connection. Sometimes it's more of an AFZ connection. Mm -hmm. It's there, but it's certainly not direct. So, uh, you know, and within this process and within the environment of the conference, uh, our resumes are really unique. Uh, they're they're really geared for a different point in the interview process than most other resumes that you're ever going to see out there in other environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, because most resumes are geared for step one in the interview process. Very definitely that screening step, trying to get your foot in the door with the company. Um, by, by coming through our program, thankfully, uh, officers are essentially hitting that fast forward button and already jumping four to five steps ahead in the interview process because mm-hmm. they are already interviewing with much higher level decision makers, VPs, regional managers, people like that. So at this point uh, that officers are stepping into the interview process through Cameron Brooks, the resume is much more of a selling and a connecting tool than a screening tool mm-hmm. like you would find in other environments, especially through military transition programs and and things of uh, like that. So it's unique and we do some pretty unique things with it um, and all in, a, in an effort to meet the, the goals and needs and bring value to the companies and what they're looking for through this process. 
big big picture the the whole process involves in-depth review with several of our team members and including hope Uh, (laughs) and we we really go through multiple iterations to develop it Mm -hmm. and review it Um, that whole process starts about four months prior to a conference Mm -hmm. uh, with some initial development by the officers themselves and then we move into uh, the team's involvement with it that includes one-on-one conversations interactions with multiple people on our team with a vast combined years of experience. It's probably over 50. I know Chuck Alvarez alone has over 25. I think I don't want to give give away his age, but he has an incredible <laughs> knowledge and background going into it. So it's, it's really a, a team effort that combines to put together a really phenomenal product in the end game. Yeah. Uh, that's a great overview. And um, Danielle obviously is very in, involved. She leads that entire process and is with our candidates from the start of the process when she sends out the guidelines to our candidates, you know, gives the format uh, tips and tricks on how to write and develop all the way to the finalization process. And after that, you once it gets to the final stage, it's been passed from teammate to teammate, Cameron Brooks, teammate to teammate, uh, reviewed multiple times to make sure that it's perfect before ever, um, you know, being sent to a client company. So, um, but yeah, so we'll kind of jump in to the meat of today's podcast. So, you know, as Danielle and I were kind of noodling over this episode together, we really wanted this podcast to be a resource for not only camera Brooks candidates, um, but also for junior military officers who are thinking about crafting their resume and, and putting their accomplishments together and on paper. Um, so Danielle and I actually review like 250 to 300 resumes per year and finalize those. Uh, so we see a lot. We see a lot. Uh, we see the good. We see the bad. We see the ugly. And so today, so today, there's some ugly. <laughs> there's some ugly. <laughs> but uh, so today on the podcast, we're tackling the top five resume mistakes that we typically see and how to avoid them. So, going to dive right into mistake number one, um, and that is going to be wrong format um, and problems with length. So I'll let Danielle just really kind of dive in and tackle that one right away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that, I I think specifically for our program, that stems back to not reading the guidelines. And I know that sounds really simple, but it really does give you a, a starting point for the resume because our format is undoubtedly unique. Um, and it's it's a format that's been developed over 50 years to, to meet what client companies are looking for, specifically in the environment of this career conference, um, where companies are looking to specifically hire military leaders. And the, the main thing we hear from companies is they that they want to get to know you on that resume, and they want to see that track record of, of leadership and involvement. And so that's really the foundation of this format. And Unfortunately, not, and I think big picture for for anyone else out there, it's not, it comes from a place of not understanding your audience and not understanding what they're looking for and not understanding how you can bring value to them. So that's really where, whether it's a Cameron Brooks format or any other format, it's understanding that piece of it so that you can really 
bring value and convey that on, on paper. Uh, the, the other thing you mentioned was the inappropriate length, too long or too short. Again, unique, everyone's different. You're gonna hear a lot of different ideas on how long the resume should be depending on what environment you're working in. For us, it's one page. Thank goodness, right, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, <laughs> if it were three, imagine. <laughs> oh Lordy. Uh, so, you know, we're, we, we work really, really hard to use every piece of that resume, that one page resume and make every, every bit of it count. It is, mm-hmm. there's a lot on it, but it is, there's a lot of meat and substance and we found that that works really well in, in this environment of the career conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, for others working in, in other environments, you know, I, I will go towards what other experts are saying. Sometimes depends on the audience. Sometimes it's a one page, sometimes it's a two page. I cannot imagine being a recruiter sitting in any type of interview trying to read through three pages. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's just like way too much. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe that's great in some instances and in some industries, but, but certainly not in the industry of, of military officers transitioning to business. Yeah. And I will say we get the question on length quite a bit, just based off of experience, because we work with uh, your range. So like young lieutenants up to early majors. And so there could be a difference of a number of years, um, mm-hmm. perhaps like a decade's worth of experience. And so uh, we work with obviously both, both ends of the spectrum to make sure that um, your resume is true to your experience and very strong, um, whether or not that's like helping you dig into your experience and really putting that to paper or just making sure that we're hitting like all of the wave tops and the highlights of your career so that your resume is very, very strong. So, um, yes, that is definitely, (laughs) um, a good first tip and trick for us. (laughs) So in jumping into mistake number two, Danielle has already mentioned this, but not understanding your target audience. And I will say, I think this mistake can be pretty unique to the Cameron Brooks conference experience uh, because our candidates are interviewing one resume is going to get them into like 10 to 12 interviews um, and could be a difference of like career field ranges. So um, Danielle, maybe talk to us a little bit about how, um, how this mistake uh, comes up uh, while you're in the middle of helping a candidate craft a resume. Absolutely. Well, I think it really stems back. I, and I, you said it, I mentioned it before, understanding your ta- target audience. And what that causes is a, it, an office will write bullets without keeping in mind how it connects to business. Mm-hmm. But they may not understand how it connects to business if they haven't become a student of corporate American. Essentially, that's, I think, where the value of our development and preparation program, DPP, comes in. So they, and and ideally, that starts several months of up to a year prior to a transition. So they can really start to understand the language of business and in in their minds, start making that connection between their military background and business. Like I said before, it's not a direct connection, but the connections are absolutely there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece of that is that we see, and again, this is probably unique to Cameron Brooks because we do write that broad, all-encompassing resume Mm -hmm. that's going to serve officers in any type of interview that they're in with any type of industry. Um, So that's our goal with this resume. But sometimes we'll see resumes that are pigeonholed 
too heavily to one specific skill set, uh, which could be fine in other environments. It mm-hmm. does not work really well in, in this environment. And uh, we, we've worked really hard to ensure that the connections are there while striking a balance so that it's not, it will enable officers to connect to any career field, but it's not so heavy to one career field in particular that it closes the door to others. Right. So hopefully, I mean, really what it all, bottom line, understand that whether you're writing resume in Cameron Brooks or on the, on the street or in other <laughs> as we say, <laughs> as we say, <laughs> uh, you really truly want to become a student of your, of your target audience in, mm-hmm. in whatever way that, that comes to play in, in your interview process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to that, and I, I would say for my peers who, um, I have a lot of friends reach out to me and ask me to look over their individual resumes. And typically at that point in your career, you're only applying to like maybe one particular job. And so, you know, at that point, you'd probably want to tailor the the resume a little bit to what the job description is asking for. But when you are in a conference environment, like Danielle mentioned, you don't want to close the door on any certain opportunities because our candidates usually work with our recruiting team to put a percentage of, you know, we want X amount of team leadership interviews and X amount of business analysis and so on and so forth um, like that. So, yeah, yeah, that and was, we, <laughs> yeah, we really find that that keeps doors open because officers mm-hmm. in this environment will interview for one type of opportunity. And within that interview, companies may come with a specific opening, but within that interview itself, they realize, oh, Candidate A is really better suited for this job that maybe we didn't bring this opening right away, but we're going to refer them to that opening. So it keeps all kinds of doors open coming through this process by writing the more the generalized resume. But I agree with you 100 percent in, you know, consider your environment, consider your audience and and then tailor your resume that way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, so mistake number three that I, once we get into the nitty gritty of helping candidates craft each individual bullet point is, um, not showing results in your accomplishment bullets. And so this is a big one. Um, And I see this, you know, with my peers that asked me to review resumes and then also in our resume writing process, um, you know, you write the accomplishment, you need to show the results, you know, what was a direct result of what you did. And so diving into that a little bit there, um, that's where our proverbial red pin in red (laughs) ink comes out most often, (laughs) I would say, wouldn't you agree? Yes, I absolutely agree with it. And I think uh, the showing results really has broad applicability because there a lot of resumes are geared to stating your responsibilities. This is what I did, which is great. There's a lot of value in that, but it really doesn't get into the meat of how that impacted the, your broader organization. So whether that's in the military or in other organizations, you want to show that impact because that really answers the so what of an accomplishment. All right, that's great. You have these responsibilities. What did you do with it? So that's where bringing result in. And if any, if I had to say anything about the Cameron Brooks resume, it is extremely results oriented mm-hmm. and extremely hard hitting in that realm. So you're, you're right. That's our, that's where the red pen comes out. And that's where a lot of people struggle 
because the natural inclination is just to say, this is my responsibilities. Right. It's on your evaluation, Mm -hmm. you know, copy paste Mm -hmm. it. Yep. So do you want to give an example or, or do you want me to kind of give an example of that? Yeah. So I, I will say typically when we first receive, you know, a first round draft resume, uh, bullets where we see this happening, um, they'll say, I led a 120 person team maintaining 36 combat combat vehicles, period. Uh, and then so what we do is we come in on the back end and we ask questions. Okay, so let's take this one step further. In your mind, you know what you did, but thinking more big picture, how did that affect your organization or drive results or optimize the training? So going from that first bullet and taking it just one step further to led a 120-person team improving maintenance processes for 36 combat vehicles. It increased operational readiness by 20% and enabled more effective training, period. So (laughs) huge difference, huge Huge difference difference there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one says you do it great. And the other one shows what I talked about is how you're impacting that broader organization. So really Mm -hmm. drilling on in on the results and that enables, especially coming from a military to corporate setting that enables a civilian sitting on the other side of the table to start wrapping their brain around why, why, what you were doing is important and what Mm -hmm. kind of impact you can have. And that for them, that correlates to what you're going to be able to to do to step into their company and do improve processes and increase readiness and they mean a little bit different things in the military and right and business <laughs> but in in business you're going to increase efficiency and you're as you're incre- improving those processes so yes i love that a lot more impact um and so really kind of jumping off of that um you know mistake number four that we see that we really try to help our candidates um, move towards is what we see is a lack of quantification where there should be numbers and numerical values, either in, you know, like the 120 person team, um, the 20% readiness increase. You know, I think that's a really important um part of writing the resume because it brings context. And I know Danielle, this is definitely her red ink, her proverbial red (laughs) ink (laughs) area number two. So talk to us a little bit about uh, why quantification is important. Well, when I think more than any other environment, the military lends itself well to quantifying things Mm -hmm. and numbers of of things. The, The biggest point there is that military and civilians don't personnel don't necessarily speak the same language but numbers are universal yes so uh, sitting on the other side of a table of, of the table as a civilian i may not understand or be able to relate to exactly what they're talking about but when they're talking about how many people they led or the dollar amount of value of equipment I get that. I, mm-hmm. That I'm like, oh wow, you know, at the age of 24, you were responsible for 20, 20, $24 million dollars worth of equipment, or something Ooh. like that. And so, and that's probably lowballing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's that's really it enables them to relate to things that they did in the military. Most importantly, so that they can wrap their brains around the scope of what it is. Because I truly don't think that civilians 
generally understand how huge those numbers are in the military compared. I mean, you're not going to find any other civilian who is in charge mm-hmm. at that young age is responsible for millions of dollars of property. It just doesn't happen. And so it really numbers are language that I feel are pretty universal in that sense. When it makes sense, you don't want to force them on a resume, but there's a lot of areas where adding in a number, number of people, let things like that really add that scope. Yeah. So, and, and one of the questions we do get oftentimes is, does this number have to be perfect and exact? Um, I have an estimate, but I can't track down the actual number. What do you, what do you think? How do you advise? I, I always say you want it to be in a logical ballpark. So if a, I don't know that the exact number even exists in reality. Right. Does anybody really know? But the goal is not to get an exact number on there. The goal, as I mentioned, is to provide context and scope for a civilian who may or may not understand what they're talking about. When you start talking about billion dollar nuclear carriers. I mean, they, right. they, get, that. they get that. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't, yeah, I'd like to have the difference between a million and $2 million, but in my pocket, right. <laughs> <laughs> but on a resume, it, it doesn't, you don't have to feel like those numbers have to be exact. You want them to be in, as I mentioned, a logical ballpark. So if someone were to ask you, could be former military who has an idea of what you're talking about, do your numbers make sense? Can you logically with an educated voice say, this is how I came up with this number. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an oversaw this number of platoons and I'm, we're talking about in this, this many companies and the size battalion. And so you're able to at least explain those numbers. So bottom line, no, they don't have to be exact. They just want, you want them to be in a realm of reality and somewhere, right. somewhere close. Yeah. So we, we really don't want you to get hung up on how many dollars did this warship costs because I have no idea and you know just give the estimate and exactly and keep writing keep going <laughs> yeah and it's, it's usually pretty easy to get in the ballpark google searches help mm-hmm. with it when you start getting into some of the dod but specifically for warships you can find in general those value dollar the dollar value of those and and that's really what you're going for there yeah that's great Okay. So mistake number five, our fifth mistake. Um, We usually see some resumes trying to um, really demilitarize themselves, Um, you know, generalizing, um, really uh, trying to sound corporate or more civilian um, in, in their terms and in the way that they refer to things like instead of, you know, the, the word like platoon or battalion saying organization. And in some cases, I think we still maybe use that, but I think when you put the quantification, you know, like the 30 person platoon, that makes sense to someone who's in corporate America. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to over civilianize it um, and lose the value and the uniqueness of where you're kind of coming from. Danielle, you want to dive in on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it probably, you know, just for fun, because I am a grammar nerd. Mm -hmm. uh, One time I I took a resume and completely demilitarized it for fun. That's what grammar nerds do for fun. So, and I, and (laughs) it just is an exercise in seeing what it looked like. Lazy Sunday afternoon. That's right. You know, it's, it's what we do for entertainment, but 
actually, I ended up hating it. Um, really? Because it really, I felt it truly lost its impact. And especially in the environment of the conference that we're working in. Mm-hmm. Because they're coming to us for military officers. So yes, if you're if you're writing a resume for other environments, you I, I think the same is true. You don't have to com- completely demilitarize it, but you do want to make sure that you're writing writing it in a way where what you accomplished accomplished is not getting lost in translation because you're using so many military terms and jargons and things like that. Uh, you know, just as an example, uh, you you might see something like I acted as a project manager for my organization, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they can understand what that means, but do they really know what that means? Does that really translate from what you did in the military? Yeah. It's very broad. I mean, it, it has value, but it doesn't, It sitting as a civilian on the other side, I'm like, okay. And um, versus if you, if you wrote it more in the way of led operations and logistics planning for a 200 person battalion, yeah, that's much stronger. more specific, much, much stronger, gives them an idea of what you're talking about. So you're not, demil- I mean, you're writing it in a way, but you're not demilitarizing it and, and taking out the scope of that. Mm-hmm. That's where that quantification comes back into play. Absolutely. Being really key there. And then, you know, we'd say even on the opposite end of the spectrum as well, um, what we do see sometimes is if, um you know, we just want to avoid too much military jargon. Like, uh, you know, for example, like copying, pasting directly off of, and I usually see this on Air Force resumes. Yes. Uh, I hate to single out a certain branch, but that's where it comes up quite often. Uh, where on the evaluation itself, there's a lot of like acronyms and um, abbreviations even. And um, so, you know, making sure that we are still spelling it out and not being exactly, you know, military, um, evaluation to resume. Um, so somewhere in the middle is where we're trying to hit that happy media. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny because even people within the same branch of the military will laugh because they don't understand the acronyms that are used in even another specialty within the same branch of the military. So if they don't understand it, you can absolutely assume that that civilians are not going to have a clue what you're talking about. So those are those are pretty easy to avoid. So you're you hit the nail on the head, Hope. We're, We're really especially in this environment. And I think that's true in other environments if a military officer is transitioning to corporate America. You want to find a nice balance. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make your resume so vanilla and so civilian that you lose the impact of that military experience. You do want to translate it in a way where they can understand it and wrap their brain around it and understand the scope, but really see that value of what you've accomplished in the military and how that's going to enable you to come in and make an impact for the company. So... Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Danielle. And so I think I think we touched on um, our five mistakes there. So mistake number one, um, format and length. And two, you know, being sure to make sure you're understanding your target audience. Three, uh, writing accomplished bullets that show results, taking it one step further. Uh, four, 
quantify, quantify, quantify. Numbers are very important, universal, uh, and understanding military and corporate. Um, and then five, um, you know, be search for that happy middle. Don't try to demilitarize your resume too much, but don't um, over, you know, overdo it on the military jargon and phrasing and acronyms. So I think, you know, that was a really great overview, Danielle. Um, if you do have questions um, about writing resumes, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, Danielle, of course, is all knowledgeable on all things uh, Cameron Brooks resume writing. So feel free to shoot her an email or give her a call. For our listeners out there, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. You know, if you know someone who is in the middle of crafting their resume and would really benefit from um, this episode, please share it with them. Uh, we also really benefit um, from you rating us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you are on. So please uh, leave us a review. We love to hear from you and what was helpful. Um, but thank you again so much, Danielle, for joining us today on the podcast and uh, come join us again here in a couple of weeks for another episode of Cameron Brooks Above and Beyond.